This is Kyle Keller. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers English News. Thanks again, Kyle. Yes, we are back with a fresh episode just for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. Welcome to H10 Hanshin Tigers English News, episode number 165 on this cloudy but somewhat uh, comfortable Wednesday. That's right. It's Wednesday, February the 8th here in Nishinomiya, Japan. I'm the founder of H10, T-Ray, and joining me from Hawaii is Sanjay. Aloha, brother. Aloha, brother T-Ray. How's it? How's it's it? Not, it's not raining here. It had been for the last two weekends and everything is really, you know, sort of depressing. But now we got a little, you know, some cloud cover, but it's, we got the sun, no rain, uh, mid 20 degrees centigrade. Sorry. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could move there and still be able to get to and from Koshien in a heartbeat, then I would move there in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it ain't happening because I just love my hunching tigers a little bit too much. Anyhow, on today's show, we are going to give you the initial preseason uh, depth chart for the hunching tigers. So look forward to that. Are you ready for your required dosage of hunching tigers dopamine? Good. We are too. It's time for some rumors and news. Rumors and news. Well, since we last talked, Sanjay, camp has begun. As always, February the 1st, it is not only Chinese New Year, it is Yaku New Year. I said Kotoshimo as though we've been having Are all along, but we haven't. Uh, no, our show, our show is a you show, though. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so camp began on on February the 1st, and uh, today is their second day off. Typically, they go four days on, one day off. But the first kur, as they call it, daichi kur, uh, was two days long. It was February 1st and 2nd, and then they took the third off. They practiced for four days, and today, the 8th, they are off. So they'll be back on again on the 9th. Um, there's only one injury that i know of that we need to report and it's not such a serious one but our young stud mayagawa um hurt himself i think the day before or two days before camp began and this mm -hmm. tends to happen probably at least every other year where some player during his own workouts hurts himself and mm -hmm. then um has to do some rehab stuff during camp which is a real shame for him well mayagawa was supposed to be on the top squad uh at the top squad camp but he got sent down to do rehab work down there. But he is working out with the team. He is taking BP and he is hitting the cover off the ball in BP, which is what all of our players do in February. And they all look good and we all get super excited. But Maegawa does look good, I got to say. Well, Okada did kind of express his disappointment and, and said, well, you know, that's very unprofessional of him. I mean, he's working out on his own and he hurts himself. You know, that's it's, it's on him and it's his fault. And if he joined the team late, um, so much the better for all the other guys vying for that right field spot is what kind of he kind of said. 
Yeah, that's right. It's his loss. So, but you know, like I said, he's still working out. I think he's still got lots of time to sneak his way onto the top squad, maybe even snag that opening day starting job. We will talk more about that as we talk about uh, the depth charts in our hot topic. Let's continue on. Our first round draft pick, Morista, also, I think, hurt himself during the, actually during his own workouts before the rookie workouts. So he was doing kind of what they call the beta menu, right? He was working out separate from the other rookies during January. And he's still kind of doing his own thing a little bit, but he's expected to rejoin the top squad on February the 11th. That date has been changing back and forth. It was the 11th, then it was shifted to the 18th. It's back to the 11th because his BP looks really good. Everyone's saying he's got guiding power or his swing is amazing. Um, some were saying it's very reminiscent of Seiya Suzuki's swing. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm scared of getting my hopes up, Sanjay. I don't know about you. Did, did you hear somebody else say that he, his swing is just like Matt Merton's? No, I didn't hear that one. I've heard that a little bit about Noisy, but not about uh, Morista. No, Morista apparently is the second coming of Matt Merton, if you listen to these guys. Well, as long as he's not the second coming of Bass, because we know that those guys end up uh, removing the B and just ending up not so good. Second coming of, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Good. All right. Well, other than that, I believe the guys are all in pretty good health. Other than the guys that have been, um, you know, coming back from injury for a long time. We're talking about some pitchers that we will mention during the depth charts, depth charts talk as well. But some of those guys need a bit more time to fully recover. Okay, so um, news as far as the coaching staff goes, and we're just talking about kind of the emergency coaches or the well, it's not emergency. It, so- it sounds really bad when I say that, but it's it's the Dinji Kochi, right? Like the yeah, it's the, temporary, right? It's a temp coach, yeah. Um, yeah. So a special measures kind of thing, and so Jeff Williams has come from America to make sure that the new imports feel comfortable. Um, at camp he will be here i believe for a couple of weeks and then jerry sands will be coming in the second half of february i've talked to him there is a possibility of a jerry sands interview coming from h10 so be on the lookout for that yeah it's not for sure but uh that just put a little bit extra pressure on myself uh, to get it done (laughs) okay other former tigers that have uh been making appearances at camp as coaches or commentators nomi the legendary lefty right? Toritani, the legendary shortstop, and Akahoshi, the legendary center fielder, the all-time stolen base champion of the Hanshin Tigers. And this is his first time coming back and coaching, I think, ever. I think, uh, no. Or did he do it once soon after retirement? I think he did it once. Um, Again, a temporary gig, not, not a real coach. Right. And fans have been clamoring to get him back on the coaching staff full time since his retirement. Um, Just a little background on him. We don't want to drag this out too long, but he had a fairly short career, right? It was nine seasons uh, because Mm -hmm. he had kind of a career ending uh, spinal injury. And he says even to this day, it affects his daily life. And so that's one of the reasons he doesn't want to become a coach because just all of the, you know, the, the, physical demands of being a coach. It's not just sitting back and spouting out words, you know, like there's a lot of travel, which is not so comfortable for a guy who's got a spinal injury, um, among other things. So it's good to have him back in the fold, even for just a few days. Agreed. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about our super important imports, because I think a lot of our listeners care about these guys. Some of you may even personally know these guys. And so we're going to just kind of talk our way through them. So, um, 
one, well, we'll start with the uh, position players. Okay, so Johan Mieses. Uh, Sanjay, you've been watching a lot more camp footage than I have. So I'm going to let you take over a little bit here and I might add some comments in, but what are your thoughts or what have you seen out of Mieses so far? Well, Mieses is a big boy, first and foremost. And uh, when he's swinging, he's swinging, you know, for the fences every time is what it looks like. Uh, and when he does make contact, boy, the ball goes a long ways. He's also, as you may have seen on videos, a little bit on the, uh, shall we say, uh, heftier side. So he doesn't move quite as quickly as some of the other players that do. Yep. Um, but having said that, you know, and, and some of the, 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 in fact, on the very first day of camp, when players are going through their appu, which is warming up, yep. which is a very Japanese thing, which what takes 30 minutes, 50 minutes. I don't know. They go through yeah. all these exercises in line. Very drawn out. And, yeah. He had no idea what was going on and he had to like take a break and he wasn't used to any of that. So, and of course, Okada was looking at him and, and smiling. He was like, yeah, you, this is new for him. It's good that he's still smiling about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've noticed that Okada seems quite amused or impressed. Um, some of the comments he's made is, yeah, when he makes contact, that ball flies. The question is just whether he can make contact against real live pitching uh, when the season starts. Um Mieses seems to have a really great personality, though, like very jovial guy, um, jokes around a lot. He had fun with the whole the, the bean throwing thing they do on February the 3rd, which they did on the 2nd because 3rd was a day off, um, where they say, um, right? Like they're trying to yeah. cast out the demons or keep the demons away or whatever. Um, he had a ton of fun with that. I saw another video where he was speaking a bit of Japanese, like just saying like... Um, Osaki desu, you know, like I'm leaving yeah. now, I'm leaving first. And just the fact that he's picking up these little bits of Japanese and just having a blast is a great sign, is it not? It is. And and they they keep showing cl clips of Okada just kind of his it eyes is. seem to be gravitating to Mieses because yeah. he's so big and, and boisterous and just draws a lot of attention. He and he's always smiling when he sees him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope that it continues on for a good long time. Okay. Moving on to kind of the flip side in a sense, as far as just uh uh, degree of seriousness maybe and again we're not saying that Mieses is such a joker that he's not serious about his job but um noisy sheldon noisy seems to be quite serious about his job seems to be putting in a lot of work what have you seen out of him so far well i've seen both very impressive defense and pretty uh steady solid hitting uh and by that i mean because they've they've asked him to play left field right and um it, when when they're doing <laughs> when they're doing um you know fungal drills and so on he's very quick to the ball very quick to throw the ball back to the cutoff man and that's a requirement right now okada wants to make sure everybody hits their cutoff man and yep. that whole process is is going smoothly and uh, uh noisy being a former infielder is very very good at all of this and he throws hard and and he had a nice play yesterday um which off of sato's hit Am I going too far ahead? No, no, anyway, no. He had a nice play, um, getting the ball from uh, picking up a double along the line, hitting Kinami for the cutoff, and Kinami threw out Itayama at home. So oh, that nice. was a nice sequence on on Sato's double. The press hmm. only talks about Sato's double, but Noisy's D was pretty good. So That's cool. So yeah, Noisy, um, as you mentioned, um, is a natural infielder, but they're basically plugging him into left. And we'll talk about this in the depth chart talk as well, but that is not his natural position. And so it's something for him to learn, but I love his work ethic so far. And I mean, that came through even in his press conference. He said, hey, I'm here to do a job and I'm ready to put in the work. I'm ready to get to work. 
and just hearing those words, you know, like I'm not here to have a good, he didn't say I'm not here to have a good time, but he wasn't coming out there saying like, yeah, I'm going to have fun here and I'm really going to enjoy Japan. I'm going to have a great experience. He was like, I'm ready to get to work. And so yeah. that to me was pretty um, impressive. Pros pro. Yes, indeed. And kind of reminiscent of a certain MM, Matt Merton. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> we might have a couple of Mertons on our team this year and that would not hurt one bit that's not a bad thing at all <laughs> give us nine mertons and we'll win a championship okay anyways <laughs> <laughs> let's not gush too much okay let's talk now about our pitchers and we'll start with beasley um bees as he i guess likes to be called and what is your take what have you heard about him or seen from him he is um a very animated guy and i just learned today that that was not his natural uh, predilection uh he used to be kind of a, a quiet and unassuming uh, almost introverted guy until he met his wife and things kind of changed um, for the better for him. He says, and he he does, um, wears hard on his sleeve. He's always going after stuff, um, very uh, animated, um, as opposed to Nomi-san in his poker face. And uh, he's got this very compact throwing motion. So his take back is really small. Mm-hmm. And... The good thing is that it'd be hard to, for hitters to um, time get the proper timing in, in hitting against him, oh, cool. uh, assuming that he's throwing hard stuff. Uh, and that's that was one of the comments from one of our, I think I want to say Yagi or somebody like that was saying, you know, it could be very interesting, it could be really effective. He's just got to make sure that his VL is up there. Well, I know that uh, his specs are fairly impressive. Like coming over, a lot of people expect him to have a very successful season. Maybe not to the extent of like a Suarez, but this is a guy that could maybe do a PJ type of thing where he comes in, dominates for a year and heads right back to America. He's still quite young as well. So one of the things that I read is that he, when, when he was growing up, he actually saw Williams, who's at the camp right now, uh, pitching for the Dodgers. And he said oh, that cool. he is hoping to kind of break Williams club record for a gaijin for a number of mounds in a season. And so just that he's got that work ethic and that, that strong desire to pitch as much as possible that's a good sign as well mm. okay it's keller time keller keller bk and kk <laughs> we'll talk about the new guy bk first brian um what's your take what did you see uh i didn't notice until after the press pointed out that he and kyle keller are very similar in terms of physique throwing motion and even the you know facial hair uh, and not to mention the mirror numbers. Uh, I thought Kyle, I mean, Brian Keller was a very um, cerebral pitcher. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it sure. looked like he really was, he was like really thinking things through and, and had a lot, you know, he knew exactly what he needed to work on and accomplish and so on. And uh, really be a, a good sort of option for us as a workhorse. Yeah. So just to, expand a little bit on what you said the height difference between bk and kk is two centimeters which is less than an inch and the weight difference is about five kilo at least from the information i have in front of me so again that's that's maybe 10 12 pounds but on a frame of that size 10 or 12 pounds not really easy to distinguish um they both have kind of similar hair color uh, hair length beard like you said yeah so they don't have b keller and k keller on their uniforms do they no they don't it's they just, just have keller, keller keller yeah just like Nishi Nishi, yeah, Ito Ito, etc. I mean, we've got a few more in there as well. Can we call them our killer killers? Killer killers? Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see until the season starts. So <laughs> uh, my take on Brian, though, 
one super nice guy. Like if you watch his press conference, um, just seems like a very articulate, very like he's got a very calming presence about him. Very laid back. Seems like mm-hmm. a very laid back kind of guy. And then also I noticed that he was doing a lot of track man checking on uh, during his bullpens, making sure checking his spin rate, his velo, all that kind of his movement, all that kind of stuff. Um, just to see how his pitches are actually doing um, by the numbers, as opposed to just maybe how they feel off the hand, out of the hand. So that's kind of a good sign right there. Like he's he's really, he knows what he needs to do or he knows what he wants to do. He's got a game plan even from day yeah. one. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. And then KK is back with the Tigers. He is the only quote unquote veteran on the import staff. It's his second year, but this is actually his first time in Okinawa because last year he arrived March the, I want to say 8th, around then, sometime in early March. So he right. missed Okinawa completely. So this is a new experience for him. This is his first spring training as well. Cool. Technically, it's still his first year because yeah. this marks 12 it, it years, 12 months year of yeah. him being on the team or like with the team, if you will. But um, the only thing that I want to say about him is that uh, I've talked to him. He has said that he is cool with doing another interview with us. It's supposed to happen today, but I don't know if it's going to. So, yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, any any other thoughts on KK? Um, no, I really like to see the Keller Keller relay. Yeah, for real. And that was something that they talked about. Um, uh, Brian talked about during the press conference. So, yeah. All right. So, I just, actually, I just got a text from, from KK. I just checked it because I was dying to know. And he said he's not sure today's going to work. So, we may end up uh, shifting it to their next day off um i'm gonna see if i can get that to work it probably can so anyways yeah. be looking forward to that guys um kk what a man and then actually bk also told me that maybe in march we might be able to sit down and do a talk as well oh i'll sit down on zoom or whatever but yeah um and then also i'm supposed to have another interview with an ob a former player tomorrow um and i'm not sure yet if that's happening because i mean i've got to work around other people's schedules so, so, so you're going to keep us in suspense, right? Yes. And uh, I'm also super excited, but I'm also, yeah, I'm trying to keep busy doing this because this is my prime time. I'm not in university classes right now and the season hasn't started. So they have a bit of free time. I have a bit of free time. This is the time to hammer out some interviews and hopefully we can do it. Okay. We're going to wrap up our rumors and news with just some scheduling stuff. Um, this is just to give everyone some information about uh, ways that they can get to games and so on. So first of all, um, the schedule has been updated on H10. Uh, so if you go to the website, go to our schedule, which a lot of you are doing, and I'm thankful for that. We have got the times now included because those were just announced by the team about two or three weeks ago. So the times for all the games, but not only that, I've added below the calendars, I've put screenshots of the giveaways that they're doing at particular games. So if you want to try to line up your tickets for days that they're giving away stuff, well, it's it's win-win for you then. And just so and you know... All the information is right there on H10. I do what I can. You know, I, tr- I try to go over the top so people are like, who is this guy and how does he do all this? Like, that's kind of what I want people to think. Anyhow, um, so tickets are going on sale for you fan club members. If you're living in Japan and you're a member, a fan club member, uh, they go on sale this Saturday, the 11th, I think at noon. So I'm going to be lining up online uh, to get some tickets. And then for those of you who are not fan club members, if you're overseas, I believe the earliest you can get tickets is Monday, the 27th of February. So mark that down on your calendars so that you can get your tickets as soon as possible. Okay. I'm going to check. I'm going to study the H10 calendar page for my own plans. 
Man, I actually did that yesterday. I was looking at which, which of these games do I want to try and line up tickets for because uh, Saturday I'm going for it. Okay, um, player news, I guess. We're hoping to have a little corner on this guy throughout the season, but Fuji, Shintaro Fujinami, left for the U.S. last night. Um, and so he'll be reporting to the A's camp in Arizona in about, I believe, eight days' time is when it starts. So they got their visas. I talked a little bit to his translator some more. Uh, just via text. And uh, so, yeah, wishing him all the best. I'm sure that fairly soon, if not already, he has landed stateside as we speak. And lastly, I want to tell you a little bit about the WBC World Baseball Classic Samurai Japan schedule uh, because two of our guys are going to be breaking out of our camp fairly soon. Those would be Nakano and Yuasa. Who have jo- who will join Samurai Japan? Their workouts for the team start on the seventeenth of this month, so nine days from today, and a f- about a week, week and a half after that, they start doing practice games out towards the end of February. They're going to play the Hawks, the Dragons, the Tigers, and the Buffaloes before the actual WBC starts. I tried to get tickets to the Tigers versus Samurai Japan, couldn't. So instead, I have uh, Tigers versus Team Korea. Oh, is that right? Yeah, at Kyosara Dome. So I will be there for that. So look forward to maybe some reports on that if anything cool goes down. Okay. And then the action itself in um in Japan, uh, Japan time, and this is at Tokyo Dome, uh, starts on March the 9th. And for four straight days, Samurai Japan plays. It's China, then Korea, then Czech, Cheka, Czechy. I forgot the name exact technical name, and then Australia. So and they have they have all these weird restrictions on pitch counts and so on, right? So yes. we can talk about that another time. But right. uh, you need to walk me through it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the starters are only allowed to go like, or anyone's only allowed to go sixty-five pitches per game, something like that. So you're looking at like four innings, probably. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into the hot topic, it's time for us to shout out some shout outs to our patrons, www.patreon.com slash the hunting tigers. If you want in on the action. So thank you to the following folk for making this podcast possible. The Tokyo Swallows podcast, Anita, Ian Hadel, Joe out in Wakayama, Jamie Owens in Okayama, Shane Barclay of Japan Ball, Tom Zilla of Being Kansai, Rick Silvers, Fran in the UK, Doug in the Netherlands, and MP, my apologies, I forgot your full name, and maybe you don't even want it on here, but this is all thanks to y'all. Thanks. Thank you, patrons. So, Sanjay and I are here to give you the breakdown on what our team looks like from position to position right now on February the 8th. Of course, nothing has fully been decided, but we know that some of these guys are certainly going to be top squad barring injury. We also know some of these guys are on the fringe or this guy and this guy are kind of in a battle for this position or whatever. So we're going to kind of break things down for all of you. And of course, this will change before the season starts. Down on the old H10 website, we will put a depth chart. Um, in March, probably just before the season, so you can see who is expected to be at what position and who the backups are and so on. But right now, how are things looking for this team? We're going to start at probably our strongest position. That would be starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Man, we have got a lot of options here, and I'm pretty excited about our rotation heading into 2023. 
So let's go. Uh, first of all, we have got, of course, as the projected opening day starter, Koyo Aoyagi, the blue goat. He who won the ERA title had the most wins the past two seasons in the central. Um, unbelievable pitcher. Yep. And he's, I didn't realize until yesterday, I think he hit only one stone base against him last year. Dang, pretty good. Yeah, for a submarine pitcher that you know that's supposed to take a long time for delivery. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I want to make that zero. <laughs> like, yeah, Sweet. you go, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, he he has definitely got just a fire in his belly. He really wants to prove that he is the best of the best. And he's he's getting there. I think he was pretty upset about being left off the Samurai Japan roster. And so well, he said, Okay, well, I'm gonna take all that energy and put it into the Tigers. Isn't he uh, on the reserve squad, as it were? Because uh, 30 guys are on the roster and they have 20 names on reserve or something like that. I believe and him and Chikamoto are both on the reserve. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I, unless Hell Freeze is over, he's not going to be called into action, right? So, because I know at the beginning, they weren't sure if he was going to be an opening day pitcher because he might have been called to WBC. Right. Yeah. But for now, I mean, he's working out with the Tigers. He won't work out with Samurai Japan unless he is called because of an injury and he is a full-on replacement so yeah they're not going to just throw him in for an inning or two um you know as a surprise to everyone so yeah yeah he's our guy okay uh and then we've got I, this is not necessarily in the best order you can correct my order but i would say our next best guy or our next best option would be masashi ito the lefty he's a 30-year pitcher but his first two years have been absolutely outstanding guy's got impeccable control doesn't really fool a lot of guys as far as his strikeout rate, but definitely throws off their timing in crazy ways. Super ground ball pitcher. And uh, yeah, that's a good one-two punch right off the top. I like him a lot. And I guess we talked about this once before, maybe not, but there was a comment about, you know, how like some pitchers, when they come to the bullpen, they got their huge equipment bag full of like extra gloves and, and undershirts and, and so on. Uh-huh. Ito shows up with just one glove in his hand, like like a, a, a young dude just going to the convenience store for to pick up a iced coffee or something. And then he works his magic, so it's pretty funny. This is a guy too that likes to go short sleeve no matter what the weather, right? He's yeah. one of the few. He doesn't wear anything underneath that uniform, or at least nothing that is visible to the fans. A lot of the guys like to wear the, the you know the tight kind of under uh, under armor or whatever, like the the gear there to. Yeah. So, you know, to, to absorb the sweat and all that stuff, but not him. Okay. And then we've got a couple of Nishis coming up next. And uh, the elder Nishi is 32 years old. Yuki um, has been with this team since 2019. Am I right? 2019? This is this will be his... No, 2018? 2019. 2019. He joined with Yano. He didn't join with uh, Kanemoto. Uh, so this would be his fifth season with the Tigers, but he played a lot with the Buffaloes before that. And he has five straight seasons of pitching enough to be qualified for titles. So all four with the Tigers, plus his last one with the Buffaloes. He's an innings eater. You know what you're going to get with him. He is probably not going to dominate, but he is probably not going to explode either. Well, I think that his big claim to fame this year was that he upped his, um, like his max leg press weight. Oh. Which actually was below average to begin with and now it's well above average so he went from 200 kilos to 370 kilos on leg press Dang. which is really pretty impressive increase he's saying as you get older you got to work on your muscles to make sure that you you know because if you don't if you do nothing they're just going to atrophy with age um, right so he's doing the right thing and up to max and up to his weight too i think hmm. interesting weight. 
I mean, this is a guy, yeah, like I, th I think he's very comfortable with who he is, but he also knows what he needs to work on. And um, he hasn't let us down in four seasons. I mean, he did kind of have one rough season in there, but it's still, I think his ERA was still around 3.6 that season. So, um, you know, he's he's basically dependable for an upper two uh, ERA. Um, could be a bit lower, might be a bit higher, but generally speaking, it'll be there. And then uh, his distant cousin, Junior, literally, they are related, um, is 21 years old, I believe, and was a first round pick back in the 2019 draft. So this would be year four for him out of high school. And uh, he had six wins last season, I believe, and just impressed the heck out of everyone, not only on the mound, but also at the dish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A pitcher who rakes. Pitcher could be, who could be a pinch hitter option. Should be a pinch hitter option. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those are four pitches right there. Remember, keep in mind, for those of you who are maybe new to NPB, it's a six-man rotation here, not five. So we still have two more spots to fill. One of them is definitely going to my breakout candidate, and that would be Hiroto Saiki, who I believe is 24 years old, still quite young. He was drafted at high school many years ago, uh, came off of TJ in 2020, came back a little bit. Last year, he was pitching about every 10 days. But had himself a heck of a year anyways, considering, you know, it was a limited workload, but his ERA was around 1.5. Wow. And uh, his strikeout rate is pretty good. And he is another one of these guys that just has the hunger to excel. Uh, he's got, you know, decent height. He's got long limbs. His fingers are like ET style. So his fork ball is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I think Psyche, like I, I wrote this on somebody's comment on, or somebody's tweet, um, you know, who's going to win the Sawamura award. And I said, he's a dark horse, man. I mean, I don't know if I'm exaggerating there, but I just I just love the kid, and I think he's got great potential to even be our number two or number one pitcher this season. Bring it on. So that's five. Now, for the number six, man, I have got six more guys listed. We got to for sure go to Brian Keller because he was brought in as an import to be a starter. Um, you know, unless he does something wrong, I'm kind of thinking maybe that sixth spot is his. What do you think? I think they, they have to give him a shot, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the money Early. they give these guys, that yeah. there's no reason to say now nah, you're starting on the farm, or even we're going to put you in the bullpen because I think you know we've got a pretty full bullpen as well. So BK could be that number six, but man, what a number six option when you've got this guy like BK actually had, I believe his strikeout rate was over nine strikeouts per nine um, in AAA last year. I could be mistaken, but he is he is a strikeout pitcher, so could be good. We also have these other candidates. Okay, we have Akiyama who um, had double-digit wins in three of his previous five years. That was from 2017 through 2021. Mm -hmm. And then last year, he got hurt, and I think he only got one win. Um, but he's a candidate to come back, because I think he's healthier now, or at least on the road to that. We've yeah. got Kirishki, our second-year lefty, who everyone is raving about, saying he's got great stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got Tomida, our first-year rookie lefty, uh, drafted out of the Industrial Leagues, and people are saying his control is ridiculously good. His velo is pretty good. He's got a few pitches that he can throw for strikes, and he might be ready for the top squad for the rotation in year one. He had a good outing yesterday in the Nigun seat knock. Apparently. There you go. <laughs> the old the old wase ego, the fake English that Japanese like to use. What is the seat and what is the knock? Yeah, it's basically what would you call it in English? It's kind of like live batting practice, I suppose. I mean, yeah, like, live batting uh, practice simulated. Yeah, situation. Yeah, because the fielders are fielding, the batters are batting, but you also have the kind of protective net in front of the pitcher. And guys aren't, well, they are running the bases, though, right after they hit. They are running the bases, yeah. Yeah. 
but it's just not an actual game. So it's not like, you know, the reds against the whites or anything. Okay. So anyways, yeah, Tomida uh, looking good. And then also we've got our dark as our dark horse starter. I think, you know, Morihi is another guy that we can't leave off of this list. Mm-hmm. Um, first round pick in 2021 had a few starts as a rookie last year, impressed despite not getting a win. And I mean, he, the kid's only going to get better. I've always been impressed with his, his makeup, his work ethic, his physique. I think he's got it all. I think, I mean, he's a guy, I mentioned this in the top 10 prospects for, for the Tigers on H10. He's got the potential to be our next guy that we send to the majors. And I know that's speaking really early, but I think he's going to be that good. Remember, we talked, um, we were impressed with him and his video from when he was in junior high junior school high. talking about yep. pitching. Yeah. Talking about pitching. And then even, I think he was hitting 150 kilometers an hour as a junior high. Student. With a rubber ball. I think he hit 150 with a rubber ball. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> there you go. So that is the rotation. And then we have just listed off um, 11 guys. Oh, I didn't mention Iwasada as well, who is trying to make a run at a starting spot. So there's the 11th guy. But that's almost two rotations right there. <laughs> just from just yeah. from these guys that we mentioned and i honestly think like i mean some of them haven't passed the test yet in other words they they don't have a track record we're talking about iwasada who's you know his days as a starter ended in what 2018 maybe um mm -hmm. and then tomi does unproven keller's unproven kirishki's still unproven moriki's still unproven but we have got 11 guys that i would honestly right now trust to at least make starts if not be part of the rotation crazy depth so you're talking about a depth chart we just dug right down to the core of the earth okay let's go to the relievers then the bullpen is actually quite strong as well and my first question for you sanjay is who do you think we have as our opening day closer and who is our closer through the rest of the season so though you could have a different answer for both you could have the same answer for both what do you think well, I think that the to answer your second question first uh the our closer for the season I think is going to be Yuasa. But because he's going to be with the WBC, he's not going to be the open day closer. That's and... why I was asking you both. And that's kind of the answer I was half expecting. Yeah, I think Yuasa yeah. could very well be our closer, maybe from, I don't know, mid-April on. So mm -hmm. the temp closer might only have a couple of weeks. Now, Iwazaki was our de facto closer last season. Yep. And that's not to say, it's not to say that he wasn't good, but he's not suited for that role, I don't think. I agree. So I'm happy to have him back in the as the eighth or seventh inning guy. And honestly, I don't. There's a couple of things ways we um, we can go with this. First of all, I don't think that we need to nail down. This is our eighth inning guy. This is our seventh inning guy, or even necessarily the ninth inning guy. Like one of the things that I kind of agree with is that you have to look at matchups and you have to look at what part of the order is coming up due up in the ninth inning. Mm -hmm. If you've got the heart of the order up in the eighth with a run, one run lead. Um, do you want to be stubborn and say, no, our eighth inning guy is getting them? Or do you want to bring in your best, your closer to shut them down, them down and then let someone else come in for the ninth and clamp down with their number six, seven, eight or something like that. You know, it's, it's one of those debates that I think fans like to have, but, um, then even for the seventh and eighth, yeah, like you might have a couple of lefties coming in. You might want to bring in Iwazaki for that as opposed mm -hmm. to if, if it's three righties due up in the eighth, then you might want to bring in someone else. But yeah. If Iwasa is our closer for much of the season, who would you pencil in for those first couple of weeks? Would it be Iwasaki or would you go with one of our foreign guys or somebody else? I would like to see how, I mean, Iwasaki is an option if it's, if it's a lefty heavy uh, ninth inning, but otherwise 
I'd like to see both um, Beasley and KK in that order be given shots. Hmm. So what we saw from KK last year was that, of course, his start was quite atrocious, and that can mainly be attributed to the fact that he was very much rushed into action, not only season-wise, but even that opening game. I mean, our team had, what, a seven-run lead and at one point, and I think heading into the eighth inning, we had a five-run lead, so it was looking like we weren't using him. And all of a sudden, they mm-hmm. scrambled. Oh, now we got a one-run lead, and you got to face Yamada and Murakami and Santana. Go, go at him, KK. Jeez, that was the worst possible scenario to give a guy a debut, let alone the fact that he'd only been in Japan for, what, two and a half weeks at that point. So yep. um, we know that about KK. We also know that he was quite dominant after that. He did have a couple of maybe one or maybe two not so good mounds after that. But we're talking, you know, two, one or two bad ones against 20 plus excellent ones. So KK would be a great candidate for that. He's got a high, well, living up to his nickname, he's got a high K rate as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then Bees looks like he is going to kind of have a similar um stat or could have a similar stat line to the good kk as well so either of those guys could fit into that spot as well i agree with you so either way with or without yuasa we've got three guys in well including yuasa i guess we've got three guys that could clamp down but again okada has said he doesn't want to go just with a seven eight nine seventh inning eighth inning ninth inning uh combo for the winning formula he wants to have five or six guys in that mix and i think we have got guys to do that because we haven't well we haven't included Iwasaki in that, but if we do, that's four guys, right? And we also mm-hmm. have guys like Hamachi, who had an yep. outstanding, like a breakout 2022. And we have been waiting. We had been waiting forever for that to happen. It's finally happened. Um, on top of that, I've got on my list guys like Shimamoto, another lefty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kajia, who did quite well last year. I don't know if he would necessarily be one of our 789 options, but he's a solid arm. Ishii, who had a great, uh, it was only 18 mounds, I think, last year, but he was quite good in those 18 mound appearances. Watanabe, the lefty, uh, you, is it Yuta? Yuta Watanabe? So. Yeah. yeah, just like the basketball player. Um, exactly. Yes, uh, but he's got uh, pretty good stuff. And then the submarine we've got, from the left side, right? Yep, yep. And then we've got a couple of unproven guys in Okadome, who has been getting some pretty good reviews this spring. And Iwata, Masaki Iwata, that is not the, not the old crafty Minoru. Um, and then also one guy that I believe is at least somewhat ready would be Oyokawa. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's playing hurt anymore. I think that he could make a run for, if not a spot in the bullpen, a spot in the rotation. Because um, he, was, he was good when he was good. Yes, he was... Um, very good. Everyone was talking about him being the the best prospect that we had, and that was alongside Junya, who mm-hmm. broke out. You know, th- we're talking last offseason, right? Everyone's like, Oyokawa is going to be the next great pitcher for the Tigers. And then he got hurt, disappeared, and Junya came in and said, Hello, remember me? And there you have it. So we've just listed 12 guys that could possibly fill our bullpen. And obviously, there aren't 12 spaces for all those guys. So at the start of the year, of course, we will probably have three starters registered for that first weekend. So mm-hmm. we can have a bit of a beefier bullpen. And then after that, they'll start to filter out a couple of the either the bullpen arms or a couple of the bench position players and make room for the rest of the rotation. But it'll be interesting to see which of these guys makes the cut, because I think all of them could probably make a case for themselves. 
Now, I think it's worth pointing out something that Okada himself said, and which is that we only have five imports, so nobody mm-hmm. has to worry about the import quota being a factor. Right. Because the rule, I believe, also in 2023, I think it's staying the same as it has during the COVID times, which means five guys total and four on the bench. I think so. I don't think they've brought it, dropped it back down to four total. So yeah, they can all be up there. And then of course, with, with BK being in the rotation, um, all that we would have to do is on his starting day, either one of the position guys or KK or B's gets the day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's move into our position players now. And we're going to run through these uh, the best that we can. We'll start with catcher. And I think it's pretty obvious here that our starting guy, well, it's obvious because Okada has made it obvious. Our starting guy is Umeno. Yay. And that will be followed by Sakamoto. And then the third catcher on the list last year was Nagasaka. This year, Sakaeda has made it to the top squad camp for starters. And mm-hmm. so we will see if he ends up being that third string catcher on the bench or if they put him down on the farm and say, you're going to start the bulk of the games on the farm so that when we need somebody, you've got that in-game experience. And that's the tricky thing about that third string catcher is that, you know, you don't want to impede the guy's growth by having him sitting on the bench on the top squad doing nothing. Yeah, that's right. So I would almost say put Sakaida down on the farm, let him really get some game action, call some games. Um, get some at bats and all that stuff, and then bring Nagasaka. Sorry to say, but I don't think Nagasaka has a future as a starter or as a main part of the team. So make him the third string catcher. He showed that he's capable of it last year. True. So that's what I do personally. Okay, let's move on to first base. And uh, the good news here is that we have decided on a first baseman. The good news also might be that it's not an import. And the reason I say that is because the imports at least recently have only lasted a year and then been gone Mm. or lasted uh, longer than that and then gotten hurt. Right, Marte? So um, instead, we've got Oyama as our first baseman every day, as long as he stays healthy. This guy is due for a career year. I think he's going to hit 30 plus homers. And uh, I think that he is going to play a lot of innings. I think he might get the Golden Glove Award this year because his defense at first is quite good. Okada mm-hmm. is really emphasizing defense. Oyama has got a super strong work ethic. He's very serious about leading this team. I honestly didn't think this until a while ago, but I think he's a pretty good leader. Yeah, I think he leads more by example than by voice, but yep. he is a good leader. Uh, and it can only it can't I mean it can only help him that he's not being shuffled around from third to first to left to right or whatever ridiculous thing yep. was going on last year, and that's got to help his hitting too. Agreed. Agreed. You know, he's got one position that he needs to practice at, think about, and eventually the muscle memory is going to somewhat take over and uh, he's not going to have to do a ton of thinking when he's out in the field, which will mean that he can save all of his mental energy and even some physical energy for his batting. So good. Uh, As his backup, I've got Haraguchi listed in here simply because Haraguchi has been hitting well during uh, these few days of February and he has played first base before. And I can't think of anyone better to back up Oyama if something were to happen to him. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, although Haraguchi will also be a prime choice for a pinch hitter, you know, in time of need. Right. Yeah. So if uh, Oyama does happen to get hurt or something and Haraguchi slides into that starting role at first base, that's totally fine. Then we would have the question of, okay, who is our uh, pinch hitter to replace Haraguchi? But I would rather have that problem than 
oh, how do we fill this big hole at first base? So as a third choice at first base, man, this is a really tough one because various guys on the team have that first baseman's glove, but I don't necessarily think any of them are um, a great choice to be there full time. But Itayama is a guy I think that is versatile, could play there, could fulfill the role of left-handed pinch hitter, but he's still quite unproven at the top squad, despite the fact that he is turning 29 next month. Well, he he's another one that Okada seems to have taken a strong liking to. Uh, and so I think that he might even have a shot at right field if, if nobody distinguishes themselves enough. Uh, yeah, I would say those. I would say so as well. Yeah. So Itayama is a guy though. He's, I mean, he's played second base. He's played third base, I believe. Um, his natural positions are outfield, like right field and second base, I believe. But he does have a first baseman's glove. Another guy that could fit in here is Hojo, who has a first baseman's glove. I personally like Hojo, the guy. Um, I like Hojo, the the bench warmer. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, but, you know, as a guy that was drafted right after Fuji in the 2012 draft and is the last of our um, crop to be with the team, you know, I'd love to see him stick around and make an impact just don't know where he'll do it he's a natural i mean he was supposed to be the shortstop to take over from toritani back in 2016 that didn't exact didn't exactly happen and since then he's just been floundering so yeah um i've got hojo as a possible uh guy that will be on the bench keeping things warm and keeping things lively let's move on to second base where as we know your guy nakano has been transformed from shortstop to second baseman and it looks like you know barring disaster he is going to be our everyday second baseman. Woohoo! He's looked good at camp, hasn't he? On yeah, the field, he has. And if you remember, um, when we first talked about him, when he f- first started getting some playing time, he was playing second base. Um, they plugged him in there, and I remember mm-hmm. making the comment about man, his range goes from the first base bag to the second base bag. He's just everywhere. Um, yeah. So I think it's a good call. Yeah, and uh, he has the potential. I mean, he's talked about stealing away that golden glove from Kikuchi, who's had it for 10 straight years now. Um, Yamada has kind of lost out on that a few times. But anyways, um, let's help him lose out on it some more, Nakano. Let's make sure that it uh, comes back to our team. Okay, so as his backup, I'm not really sure where to go, but um, it seems like our new acquisition, Dio Watanabe, Mm-hmm. Um, could be the backup there. He's a right-handed bat, does well against the fastball, uh, played for the fighters and had, I think, one good season. And then I don't mm-hmm. know if it was injury or just uh, something else that factored in, but he kind of cooled off after that. But he has a potential to revive his career if he need if he if we need him to fill that hole. I think he could be a guy that could do it. Yeah, I have to say that um, the the couple times that I saw him in action. And it was early in the camp, so you know the usual rust and and whatever else that is that goes hand in hand with so early in the year. His defense did not look all that hot. His arm didn't look mm. all that got good. It's just his his main thing is he can hit the fastball. Mm. So when we need that is when we need him. I don't think. I mean, he reminds me a little bit of a defensive liability that we had last year at second base. Oh, I wonder who that might be. Okay, so we. I mean. Yeah, another dark horse that I have at second that could be the guy to kind of fill in where Nakano, if Nakano drops out for some reason, would be our youngster Takatera. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the dream, uh, you know, second short combination last season, right? Because they both have yeah. the dream kanji in their names. It's a uh, Takumu and Nozomu. Uh, but Takatera is 20 years old, I believe. 20, yeah, 20 years old. Um, 
and got his first career hit for his first career RBI last season. And I think second seems to be his more natural position as opposed to he can also play third and maybe a bit of short, but I think second might be where they want to put him. Mm. Be we'll a good see. One. He, he, I think he's got a decent balance. I mean, he's got some good uh, hitting skills. I don't think his defense is that bad. I think he's got decent range and decent speed. So um, he could be the solid backup there as opposed to Watanabe, but that remains to be seen. Okay, hot corner. Of course, we have got Sato. Sato Teru. Teriyaki, right? Um, should be <laughs> the starting third baseman and uh, all signs point to him uh, having a better year than last year, even though last year was quite good. And so I think that... Um, he could be there for a good amount of time. And now that we've mentioned all of these things, it looks like his potential backup could be relegated to the bench and definitely could just be a pinch hitter this coming season. That would be former Captain Kent Itohara. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who was our second baseman for much of last year. His range is atrocious. His defensive skills not good. His hitting was not that good last year either. Um, he's probably about a career, what, 280 hitter maybe around that. Um, but his extra base hits have just dropped and dropped from year to year. He just seems to be on a decline, even though he's still just 28, 29 years old. Um, he's a guy that I'm hoping will turn things around under Okada, but at the same time, I just don't know where we'd put him in the field because he doesn't really have the physical makeup of a third baseman, at least not the prototypical power hitting, you know, corner mm. infielder. Yeah, agreed. So what to do with him? I don't know. Nice kid, but uh, yeah, maybe the writing's on the wall for him. Um, and then as a third guy here, I just put him in because I didn't know where else to put him. And that would be Kuma guy. Any thoughts mm -hmm. on him? Yeah, I think he was actually working out at shortstop, taking taking grounders um, the, the times that I saw him rather than at mm -hmm. third. And he, apparently he has he's had a pretty good spring um, or at least leading up to the first week uh, of, of organized team activities. So and he de he's definitely bringing speed um he's a he's a definite asset to have on the bench so he'll find he'll find his way into games cool yeah i mean if nothing else pinch runner so i think he could end up on the top squad um he you know the way that okada's talking we're not going to be using a ton of defensive replacements especially yeah, exactly. for sato and oyama so um the chances of him filling in there are fairly slim uh, he might fill in at short, just depending on matchups and stuff. Because at mm -hmm. short right now, I've got listed at least as our top two options, both lefty hitters, and Kumagai's a righty. Um, these two guys seem to be battling it out, and uh, I still think that Obata's got the upper hand, so I've got him tops on my depth chart, and then Kinami right after him. But any thoughts on the two of these guys? Yeah, uh, you know, I preferred Obata's D over Kinami, mm -hmm. but... It apparently looks like it's closer than than we had thought at the beginning of the Okada era, as it were. Um, Kinami is, you know, he's shown some good D and he's showing a lot of pop at the plate, which is what he was known for when he first came in in the first place. And he was the starting shortstop the first year, right? Yeah. Um, and he wants it back. Um, the thing is, though, I watch Obata on defense and it, you know what he reminds me? He reminds me a lot of Yamato. Very mm. similar body build, very similar skill set, so velvety smooth. Um, so, I mean, if if Okada is staying true to defense first for a shortstop and no need to hit, then Obata it is. Yeah, I mean, I think like Obata is going to make a lot of outstanding plays and maybe get those outs that no other shortstop could 
Uh, he may have a tendency, at least from what I've seen in the past, to maybe you know bobble a couple of balls that should become outs. You can make of that what you want because I think almost every shortstop or every infielder has those types of situations. Kinami, on the other hand, I think is a little bit steadier. Like he'll get a lot more of the outs that you would expect, but he may not turn very many close plays into outs. And then as far as hitting goes, I think Kinami's got the upper hand on Obata, but not by much. I mean, well, I haven't seen a lot of spring action, so I can't talk about what's happened this first week here. But just looking at their track records, um, again, Kinami might be a little bit steadier, but I also feel like Kinami is kind of a, a G4 specialist. <laughs> I've seen a lot of ground outs to second <laughs> from him. Um, he gets jammed a lot. He doesn't seem to make a ton of like, even when he does get hits, they tend to be a lot. There tends to be a lot of singles. So, I mean, how does that make him different from Obata? I think Obata could leg out a lot more um, infield hits than Kinami. Okay. And then as a third guy here, just because I feel like I want to put at least three guys on each at each position on the depth chart, I've got Kai Ueda, who also is a prime pinch runner candidate, uh, outstanding speed. Um, he is a natural shortstop, but he's also played second base, maybe even some outfield. So he's got the versatility card as well. By the way, Kumagai also has been working out in the outfield a bit as well. So uh, we do have some options as far as versatility with those guys, not only as pinch runners, but also as possible outfield defensive replacements. Yeah, and I saw some uh, a number of people gush about Ueda and how ridiculously good he is because when he goes into games as a pinch runner, you know he's going to run and he still gets it done. Yeah. And that level of you know the, the pressure's got to be incredible. Uh I think what he the was successfully 11 out of 12 tries or something like that and every single one was like a pressure packed situation. So, mm -hmm. you know, they they there's saying that he is definitely a weapon that Okada will be very happy to have on the bench for crucial times. Yeah, I mean, we're still going to be the run and gun team in 2023 that we were last season and maybe even better than we were last year. Um, I think that they're going to be a little bit wiser about when they run, but also with um, Akahoshi coming in to coach a bit during camp and just these guys all gaining that experience. Um, not only with base stealing, but with base running, I think we're going to be a very dangerous team. And I can't wait to see us wreaking havoc on other teams' pitchers and fielders and catchers, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Let's do let's, it. Yeah. Let's move into the outfield now. Um, at left, it looks like I still think it's a battle between Noisy and Mieses. Um, I don't really think that they're going to be both used at the same time. Although, if they both really impress, it is possible that they move one of them into right field. Now, as we said earlier, uh, we've talked a bit about the imports, so we don't need to give them a ton of attention here. But I think the upper hand is going to go to Noisy simply because, um, A, he's being paid more. B, mm -hmm. he probably has a bit of a lower K rate. Um, and he may not hit, have as much pop, but I think that he's got enough going for him to get the starting role. But that remains to be seen. We still got like a month plus before that decision needs to be made. Um, and as a third left fielder here, Simply because I didn't know where else to put him, I've got Maegawa, whom we also talked about earlier, but let's gush about him a little bit more. Crazy swing speed out of this kid. I just heard from my buddy Tomoro, who, who is on the Tigers cast. He has been watching Toratere like crazy, and he said that um, at the farm camp, he just like made hitting look too easy against Niho and against Watanabe. We didn't mention Niho earlier as a reliever because I don't think he's worth mentioning, but um, Niho and Watanabe. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> just both, you know, they, he said that 
just made it look easy. Maigao is a, is a prospect that I think we've got a good chance of seeing a lot of in 2023 if he can remain healthy. Agreed. At center, um, Chikamoto has got that job. It is his to, I wouldn't even say to lose. I mean, if he stays healthy, it's his job all year. Mm -hmm. I love Chikamoto. Um, as many of you know, I've got like a kind of Hanshin Legends sub page on my website where I do profiles of the best players of all time in the organization. And Chikamoto, upon retirement, has a space there almost already. He's only been with the team four years, but he he's just got a head for the game. He knows how to keep himself productive. Um, he thinks a lot about how to change his game to make himself better. Um, and I love what I see from him. So yeah, perennial all-star, perennial golden glove winner. Could be a perennial best nine. I think he's won it. Is it two years in a row or just one? Two years, right? He's I got the golden two. glove two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, good luck to Shimada and Toyoda, whom I have backing him up because I don't think either <laughs> of them is going to get center field from him. They may get playing time elsewhere, but not in center. So Shimada, yeah, last year had a career high as far as games played, at-bats, hits, all that kind of stuff. Stole, what, 21 bases, so he's another speedster that we've got. Not to mention, Chikamoto has won the stolen base title in the Central three out of his four years. The one year he didn't win it, he finished second to Nakano. Nakano. So, there we go. yeah, a lot of speedsters on this team. Shimada, again, I think he finished like fourth in stolen bases in the Central League, and he didn't even play a full season. So yeah, that's right. crazy speed there as well. There's a reason he got number 53, which used to be Akahoshi's, Akahoshi's number. <laughs> Oyola is a guy that I wish would break out, but he didn't really show it last year. And I'm not really sure. I mean, I just haven't really read enough about him or seen enough of him to know if he's going to ever make a difference. But yeah, that's why he's ranked number three there. And uh, he's behind two guys that have enough experience that Toyota probably will not see the light of day. In right field, <laughs> I have got... Our rookie Morista at the top, simply because Okada has kind of said, hey, the position's vacant. If you want it, if you show that you deserve it, you got it. Um, and then behind him, uh, we've got, I've got Takayama, who has not looked awesome this spring yet. Again, this is the 2016 rookie of the year, who has not had a good season since. Um, but he said, I'm coming back. I'm back with this team only because Okada is here. Otherwise, I don't think I'd even be here anymore. So I've got to prove that he made the right choice in keeping me. And then behind him, I have got Kota Inoue, our number two draft pick in 2019, behind Junya and in front of Oyokawa. Great uh, pedigree there. Uh, good prospect. Is he ready? He worked out with Okamoto this offseason. And uh, apparently his swing is starting to look a little bit more like Okamoto's. That being the, uh, you know, the orange Okamoto and uh, <laughs> the guy who's hit 30 home runs in what the past six seasons or something like that every year. So, yeah, if Inoue can do something like that, uh, it'll be impossible to ignore him. But look at all these names that we've named. I mean, I know we're Tigers fans. We're high on all of these guys. So obviously we're going to talk about the best that all of them can be. But, you know, this really is a good team. And all of the baseball experts agree. The Tigers are a very deep team. Now, are they deep with stars or are they deep with, you know, replacement level? That's another question. But, you know, in our hearts, in our minds, right, Sanjay? We're we're deep with stars. Deep with stars, man. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. That was our uh, look at the initial depth chart of the 2023 Tigers. Three guys we didn't mention that could be on the bench as 
pinch hitters or whatever. Uh, Hojo, Yamamoto, and Onodera. Just mentioning them by name and moving on because that's all the time we have got for today's show. But look forward to the future where we are going to break down um, some of the other teams in the CL. Hoping to get some guests or at least some recordings or some comments from some experts on other teams. And as always, everybody, keep your eyes open for the annual Central League standings prediction, which will be coming in March. Start thinking about what order you think these teams are going to end up in. Because we want to hear from you. Yes. All right. Well, that's a wrap for another episode of H10 Hunching Tigers English News. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that there is a lot of content out there, not only in the podcast world, but just stuff for people to take in. And if you've taken the time to join us, I am super appreciative of that. Now, speaking of there being lots of content out there, if you haven't gotten your fill of us, we are out there on the internet and other places. There's Patreon, there is the H10 website, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, plus more that we're going to talk about a bit in the post-show show. All of those details, though, are in the show notes, including T-Ray's daily sports column in Japanese. Of course, it comes up in English on the H10 website as well, but you can check that out. The most recent one was about Fujinami's translator. All those details are in the show notes. Special thanks for the theme music, which we're still not sure if we're keeping, but so far we like what we hear. And also thank you to Show for mixing this pod for us. Could not do this without you. Sanjay, thanks for your time again today. Have a great day. Mahalo, you too, and Gambare Hanshin Tigers. Catch you all next time.